Welcome to a new episode of Vogue Digest, uncovering Vogue magazine one edition at a time. In today's episode, we dive into the world of British Vogue again. With the cover star Lady Gaga, we have mixed emotions about the last issue of the year. Keep listening to the full episode as we reveal the devastating rating afforded to the December issue by our editors and the reasons why. This is Vogue Digest. I am excited to be recording yet another new episode of Vogue Digest. Today we dive into the December issue of British Vogue with Lady Gaga. The pop queen turned award-winning actor, making her debut appearance on the cover of British Vogue. She has of course been seen on the cover of American Vogue and more recently on the cover of Vogue Italy with a gorgeous, gorgeous picture which was actually voted the best cover of the month November edition by Vogue Digest. The British Vogue cover comes as Gaga appears in her second lead movie role, the much-anticipated House of Gucci. And I have to say that I have heard very mixed reviews. Maria, have you seen that movie? Well, I haven't seen the movie precisely because of the mixed reviews. I can't decide whether or not it's worth seeing because some people say it's wonderful. Other people say they walked out in the middle of it because they couldn't bear it any longer. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how the awards season reacts to House of Gucci. Initial observations about this month's British Vogue is that December issue greets us with a very festive cover And the magazine is thick, with more than 260 pages, so there's lots to talk about. But let's move on to the cover. Lady Gaga makes her debut in something which is referred to the season's most heavenly couture. Um, It is a strapless Chiara Pirelli hot couture dress and Tiffany ear clips. Um, What do you think of the styling as a whole? Well, um... First of all, I loved Lady Gaga as, um, I think, a cover choice. I think she was a great cover choice Absolutely. for sure. Um, however, I do have a problem with the styling and just the design of the cover in general. For example, mm. um, I love that the Vogue logo is in gold while the theme Fabulous Fashion is in red. I think that's wonderfully festive. Um, but the background mm. being so starkly and jarringly white... It makes the whole cover feel really cheap and almost unprofessional, I'd say. Um, but wow. obviously okay. what's really carrying the cover through is the dress. And the dress Absolutely. is a showstopper. My goodness, Schiaparelli is a wonderful maison and they really just embody that surrealist movement that, from which the founder was so inspired by. And I think the jewellery complements it wonderfully. And then we get to the problem area, which is the hair and makeup. I struggle with that so much. And I feel terrible saying that because uh, the makeup was done by Pat McGrath, which is a le- she's a legendary makeup artist, you know, and I have the utmost respect for her. Uh, but I think they wanted to use uh, House Laboratories makeup, which is Lady Gaga's makeup uh, line. And it's very colorful and I think it's very disharmonious with a dress that's you know while it's very extravagant it's still very elegant I think and Mm. but I think for me truly what's horrible is the hair the hair color is just wrong the hairstyle is just wrong 
and it does nothing for Gaga. I agree. It is a bit out of place. And, you know, the dress is so sensational. Like you said, it's very December. It's very Vogue. I love the choice of dress. Mm -hmm. And even with the makeup, the image could have worked. But I do think there's a strong clash with the hairstyling. I do agree with you. There's just a bit too much going on. I would even dare to argue that the choice of jewelry does not work with with the choice of dress. But we could even look... Um, besides that fact but I I do agree with you that the the hair is Mm -hmm. problematic um, or at least combined with this makeup absolutely I think that's precisely uh, my problem because if they had kept her traditional platinum uh, hair and done an updo with it that was a bit more traditional it would have you know the makeup would have shined through along with the dress Right now, they're all fighting for attention. It's the dress, the jewelry, the makeup, the hair. I don't know where to look. It's very disheartening. It's a lot. It's a lot, yeah. Um, This cover of Gaga um, also made me sort of a bit nostalgic. And I looked back at my favorite Gaga songs. You know, we've all listened to them. Um, What is your favorite Lady Gaga song? Do you have one? Oh my god, I have several. Uh, I'm actually a very big fan of her first album where she released Poker Face, Just Dance. Mm. She was one of the first artists I fell in love with um, individually. You know, she was the first artist that I wasn't shown to by my parents, you know. Um, I so I really, really love her early work. And um, I think one of my favorites is probably Paparazzi. But wow. um, I yeah, that. I don't know. It's just a song that I love exercising to as well. So. Uh, I really it has like great energy one. for sure but her her later work is obviously very influential as well namely born this way the song and um i just also love everything she does with tony bennett her jazz work is phenomenal wow yeah i think my favorite has to be rain on me which mm-hmm. is one of her more newer albums i love that song actually i i didn't tell you this but we were driving with ben um from Kensington towards Knightsbridge and mm-hmm. we passed this hotel and Ben says that oh my gosh I think Lady Gaga just stepped into that hotel I just oh thought I just saw two big bodyguard guys <laughs> so I didn't actually see whether it was Lady Gaga I don't know if she's in London um, before the holidays but yeah this did happen um, if it was Lady Gaga I'm very jealous <laughs> <laughs> indeed Um, But okay, let's move on to the ads for this magazine. Again, Mm -hmm. Vogue begins with an extensive selection of adverts for high-end fashion houses, ranging from Dolce Gabbana to Prada to Chanel. Um, We have more effective ads, and then we have less effective ads. You know, Mm -hmm. what I can say is that the Prada ad with the wintry scene um, is an interesting one, whereas the Dolce Gabbana one on the next page is quite boring and mainstream in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, the winner ad for me would have to be the Polo Ralph Lauren ad, more specifically the second image they, yeah. they used, which is a beautiful portrait of a family of tree, uh, three, sorry, and the image feels warm, calm, and harmonious. It's beautiful. I completely agree with you. That was actually going to be my uh, choice as well. But I no fell in love mm. with another ad, which was the Saint Laurent ad. It's oh, so yes. beautiful. That was another good one. 
yeah, I just love that, you know, we're seeing all of this statement jewelry and statement pieces yes. with the sequin jackets, but which is very festive and I love, but it's also paired in a natural environment. So I think that contrast there is so beautiful. And I was really smitten mm-hmm. with the ad. Absolutely. Um, I have to agree with you. That's another great one. And may I say the jewelry is impeccable, like that statement Absolutely. earring is gorgeous and i think the styling is beautiful look at the skin of the model it's so healthy and dewy um well done um on the topic of ads i must add that it was really fun to see the cover star gaga on at least two ad campaigns in the magazine in addition to her cover feature um she appeared in a valentino fragrance ad and Mm -hmm. the tom Perignon champagne ad as well which was really fun to see i think Great observation. Yeah. What about the editor's letter? Did you have something to say on that? Um, I did, actually. Um, I thought it started off really well with a lot of heart and soul, as Edward explained that December issues um, hold a very special place in his heart, mm, as it was yes. the first cover he did a, as editor-in-chief of British Vogue. Um and even though the letter was impeccably writ- written, as always, I felt like it lost a bit of the heart and appeal it had at the beginning throughout. Um, uh, I would have loved especially to see um, the reasoning behind his styling of Lady Gaga. Why did he mm. choose a Schiaparelli dress for Gaga? Why did they decide, as he puts it, to take the viewer uh, of Gaga's images through the style decades of the later half of the 20th century? Why did he do that? Why did he make that conscious choice? I would have much rather, you know, delved into his mindset rather than, you know, see his opinion on what's to come later in the magazine because I think it kind of turned into an extended glossary towards the end, which was a bit unfortunate. Exactly, what is also, which is also the point that we made in our last episode discussing mm-hmm. Vogue Singapore's um, editor letter. Um, but what I can say on trends is that um, from page 82, um, as part of the Loud and Proud article, quite frankly, you could call this logo mania, you know, featuring various brands and their signature logos from head to toe. And I think we've seen this Gucci look a lot, um, even in Vogue Scandinavia, um, mm-hmm. which is the shoes turn trousers situation. And I could say it's not for me, I have to say. Um, I could, however, wear the Louis Vuitton skirt on the same page. I think that's mm-hmm. a bit more subtle and I guess a bit more classic. Um, but what do you think um, of these well, pieces? Um, I see where you're coming from and I see why local mania is a thing. But at this point in fashion, I just have one thing to say to it and it's no thank you. I'm so tired of this trend. I genuinely am. And unfortunately, I think it's going to be one of those trends that defines our decade in fashion. Um, But, Mm. you know, I'm hoping as the decade progresses, we're going to be able to embrace more timeless yet edgy pieces that are original to our decade, not something that we've taken out of other decades. For example, I think that um, the leather jacket, the leather blazer, as a matter of fact, is very trendy and one can say it's a timeless yet edgy piece. But that comes from the 90s. I want to see what the 2020s have to offer. And so far, I'm not impressed. (laughs) I completely hear you on that. And like like we've said before, the logo mania has its place and it can be done right. But I do say I do agree that the way we're seeing it, 
um, at the moment, I don't think that's the, the best way to portray it. Um, anyways, um, other than that, um, and other than the transaction, I think the fashion creation left me a bit cold in this magazine. Um, I, yeah. I would say that I have nothing major to report. Um, mm-hmm. Though I had high hopes for the winter sparkle that even Edward mentioned in the editor's exactly. letter. Um, for example, the transcuration called Crystal Glazing did not leave any impression on me. Um, and I personally am not a fan of the crystal trend, I'm sorry to say. I do think that it sort mm-hmm. of looks a bit cheap yeah. and cheesy, um, and it's just not for me. No, I see where you're coming from. I, I think it's um, a very big influence of the Y2K movement, uh, you know, the fashion trends from the early 2000s coming back. But if there was a time period that was tacky and cheesy, it was the early 2000s. So let it rest. Let it be. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. Moving on from that. Um, what is of interest, however, to me is probably by no surprise um, the book Darling, which is on page 101. Um, the December book, Darling, um, is Anya Chalotra that we um, already discussed. It is the same actress who appeared as Miss Vogue in Vogue Singapore. And yeah, like I mentioned, we discussed Anya in our last episode in more detail. Um, but I guess um, if you missed that one, um, she's the middle child of her family who was raised largely by her Indian culture and acting gave her the opportunity to explore different personalities outside of that. Um, you can see her in Netflix, the hit show The Witcher, which Maria loves and Josephina mm-hmm. has never seen. Um, <laughs> do you have any thoughts on this um, Vogue darling on Anya? Uh, yeah, I mean, I loved learning more about Anya. I really admire her character, Yennefer Vengerberg. And I just loved learning about uh, new things about her that we didn't learn in Vogue Singapore. For example, she says she'd love to live in Tuscany. I mean, who wouldn't, right? Um, mm-hmm. But specifically, I was very interested to see the emphasis she placed on clean and vegan beauty, which is something we didn't see in Vogue Singapore. She recommends a lovely, um, it seems anyways, vegan uh, tinted lip balm, I believe, or just a balm. And it was recommended by the makeup artist on The Witcher. So, you know, that was really interesting to me. And I also loved seeing that she recommended this face oil and that she can't leave the house without it. And yeah, I just loved seeing these little snippets of their recommendations from for, in terms of beauty, just because I, I think it also says a lot about them and the uh, priority. Yeah, isn't that interesting? That I think that is truly the essence why I enjoy Vogue Darling. Mm. Um, it's very interesting. And I also love her favorite emojis. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> especially, yeah, um, for sure. But if we move on from Anya, um, whereas the fashion trends disappoint, the watches and jewelry spread on page 103 and 104 do not. Um, the spread is titled A New Angle. And Rachel Garahan says, the shape of new things to come, watch cases that are anything but ordinary. And I just love this spread. Um, these watches are beautiful to look at. Um, I think they're very appropriate for December time. I think any one of us would love uh, a watch um, in a small shiny box as your <laughs> Christmas gift. Um, and these, this is just a great selection of watches. That's all I have to say. Which one was your favorite? 
I really love the Dior one, for example, oh, with the yeah. blue, um, with the blue and the gold, um, mm-hmm. and silver combined. Um, which one is your favorite? Yeah, I really like the Dior one. It's really different. Um, but I like the the Bulgari one as well, the sort of yeah. snake shaped one. I thought that's really interesting too. For sure, absolutely. And on the next page, you can see again, um, play by ear, which is statement jewelry, which is again just beautiful, festive, um, and appropriate. What I would say though that um, which is something that I mentioned before, wouldn't it just be fabulous to see these earrings or watches portrayed on a model, on a person? Mm-hmm. Um, I think you can get so much more out of. What the jewelry has to offer rather than just a display of them on the page this way this is what i mean that british folks should step out of their box and start thinking a bit more creatively i think this is very you know this is what we're used to seeing um it's nothing new it's nothing different um and i think there's great you know there's great things that they could do with these for sure Um, i completely agree with you they, they have a formula, don't they? And they just stick to it. It would have been so lovely to so. see some of these earrings on models. I think so. Um, then the other thing that I really have to talk to you about, um, major news. Did Ooh. you see the River Island ad just a few pages after the jewelry, um, jewelry spread? And have you seen that before? I thought this was very interesting to observe. Oh my God. as. Vogue exclusively adverts high-end and luxury fashion houses. So this really stopped me. I was like, okay, what's going on here? That's such a great observation. I, I completely missed it. And it's just astonishing. You're right. I don't think I've ever seen a uh, e- affordable brand on uh, Vogue. And I know River Island is slightly up there in terms of affordable brands. But still, this is amazing. Yeah, because... But I would still sort of say that River Island, wouldn't that go into the bracket of fast fashion? So what does this ad mean? What does this mean that this is in um, British Vogue? Right. Um, that shall be interesting to observe. For sure. Well, the next piece that I really want to talk to you about is the modern love piece under the living section, which is on page 118. Mm-hmm. You know, what, what can I say? I love this piece. Um, the bride married her partner of over 25 years. Um, it is the author and designer India Hicks. Um, she said I do to her partner David in rural Oxfordshire after 26 years together and five children together. Um, this article was probably of interest to me as well as India is wearing one of my all-time favorite fashion designers, the British Emilia Wickstead. Um, I loved reading about how she came up with the design for the dress and she collaborated um, with Emilia herself to come up with her wedding dress. That's really amazing and I think they did an amazing job on the wedding dress. Um, not necessarily that it had to be but I think it's very age appropriate and she just looks beautiful, beautiful but quite effortless as well so well done. And I guess what I really loved about this is that they had that unique story. They've been together for such a long time. They share, They have shared a life. Um, they have children. Mm-hmm. Um, and at this time and place, they have chosen to make this um, newfound commitment to each other and get married after um, 26 years. 
yeah, 26 years together. So I, I, I just found it beautiful. And um, obviously the images, again, I love. Similarly, um, I guess the living section is becoming my new favorite because I really wow. love that story where they um, visited Liberty Ross's home and the mm-hmm. images that sort of give you snippets of these people's lives and their homes. Um, it's very enjoyable to me. Yeah, no, I agree with you. Um, and it's interesting that they diversify in terms of what they include in the lifestyle section. Absolutely. Um, but before we move on to the beauty section with you, Maria, I think mm-hmm. the final thing I would like to mention is directly on the next page, which is the food and drink spread on page 122 onwards. Mm-hmm. Um, well, first of all, it's featuring an illustration of London's map. Mm-hmm. Um, and the two-pager gives just a glimpse into London's gourmet scene, which is back and better than ever, according to Vogue. Um, any thoughts on this? Yeah, I just thought the illustration of the map was really original. I love the, yes. the food drawings. They're really yummy looking, obviously, but still, I don't know. They're, they're quite inspiring. I love the little cakes they drew by Claridge's. And uh, I don't know, I just thought it was wonderfully uh, festive as well, because if you're uh, looking for recommendations on where to have a Christmas party, why not start here? And I like that it was divided, you know, in terms of London's regions. So central, north, you know, whichever one's more convenient for you, you can have a look. Yeah, for sure. And it was fun for me to see, you know, I tend to spend my time in central or West London and... I love seeing, like you mentioned, Claridge's or even this newcomer, I'm not sure how to pronounce it, um, Sucre probably, um, or not, <laughs> it is, um, in Soho, um, I know that it means sugar in French, but, um, oh, yeah, yeah. the pronunciation I'll leave to somebody else, <laughs> but, um, I was thoroughly impressed with that restaurant, it is the, you know, the ambiance, the, um, environment, the, um, the food was delicious. Mm-hmm. It, it, it was fantastic. And it's right next to Liberty, actually. So oh, very convenient. maybe we should check it out together. I'd love that. Yeah, so um, I really love this, this spread um, of different restaurants. I agree. But I think, but I, think um, I would love for you to now take me into the world of beauty. Um, what do you have to say on the beauty spread of British um british vogue december issue take it away um i have a lot to say um but it's quite a short um section so it won't be as long as the previous um podcast (laughs) but um i'd like to start off with just you know the cover um i was left with a much more positive impression of the cover than um last time I just thought, you know, this wonderful yellow contrasted with the Louboutin advert on the opposing page was really interesting. And even without the advert, the cover on its own stands impeccably and um, you can really sense the boldness. The model looks fierce. I love the yellow swatch of gold on her eyelids and the natural subdued red uh, glossy lip just looks phenomenal and it's just a very inviting cover you know i just want to immediately dive into the rest of the beauty spreads absolutely Um, yeah and And i I think this is sorry i didn't mean to cut you off i was just gonna say that this is exact this is the standard that you would expect to see in vogue um i love this cover well done absolutely i agree with you and 
Um, I just think it's also very festive, you know, uh, I don't know why I think the, the gold, it must be the gold that just makes it festive as well. So it, it's seasonally appropriate. So I was very pleased with that. And if we turn the page just to the immediate next page, um, we see this wonderful curation of products entitled Party Mixture where we see a wonderful selection of sparkly festive products that are perfect for party season, I dare say. Mm. And I love that there's limited edition products. So for example, you have the NARS Climate uh, Eyeshadow Climax Eyeshadow Palette that has the this really unique selection of colors that are not necessarily the stereotypical Christmassy colors, you know? Um, and yeah, then you also I love that. have yeah, and then you also have the Hourglass Ambient Lightning uh, palette that is um, very typical of this time of the year. They release it every year as a limited edition. And um, then you have the Charlotte Tilbury Nudegasm Face Palette. I'm actually a very big fan of these palettes, and they're always a winner because the formulation is really outstanding and the shades are perfect for defining facial features. Um, however, the brand did come under fire for only releasing one palette, one palette, sorry, and uh, not several ones in order to suit the different skincare, um, skin complexion colors. I apologize. Um, I see. But yeah, what are your thoughts overall on the page? Do you think it looks nice? Well, I, well, I guess what I would want to say is that I'm very pleased to see these models featured with the makeup like yes. this is exactly what i've been missing and i'm so glad to see that i do think that you cannot advertise makeup or you know jewelry or you know accessories mm -hmm. for that matter without portraying it on a person so i would say point i would give pointers for that um but i get the sense that you have something to say on the overall look of the pages um, well, I was actually just going to say that I knew you were going to love the, the these models pictured with makeup looks, yes. and I completely agree with you. They're from runway shows, I believe, so we have a Vivian Westwood show, a Fendi show. Oh, I love that makeup, by the way, with the right. earrings and the blue makeup. Wow. Stunning. And I just wish, because this is so fascinating and inspiring and it's so interesting to look at i just wish this was a full segment you know a full article in the beauty section mm. one that delves into the products and techniques used as well that would be amazing yeah. um but yeah. in terms of the overall look of the page um i like it is it different mm. no am i surprised no exactly. Is, exactly does this go with the british vogue formula it does um but yeah, I mean, what can we expect at this point, right? But I will say that yeah. I love the inclusion of the models. And for that, like you said, it definitely gets some extra points. Yeah, absolutely. But I do think, like you said, that it is not surprising. And and I, I, I do feel like there would be space for this sort of creative um, take on these things. Um, but we shall see if that w yeah. would um, happen in the new year to come with the, um, with the British Vogue. Um, editions that we will review yeah let's keep our fingers crossed um if you turn the page there is going to be an article entitled the tide is turning i thought that the article uh meant well and i specifically liked the angle 
that they took. I thought it was fascinating. So essentially what they are saying is that after decades of feeling insecure about these particular body flaws, specifically stretch marks, um, it's time now to embrace self-acceptance and teach it to the next generation. Um, I thought that was especially wonderful because sometimes it's difficult to, you know, after years and years of feeling self-conscious about our own flaws, it's difficult to just suddenly embrace them. But when you think of the next generation, really, I think that's when we get that motivation and that drive to start looking at ourselves differently. I mean, um, I remember when I was a young girl going through puberty, I was given an anti-stretch mark cream by my mother and I didn't understand why. I mean, what's so wrong about stretch marks, right? Um, which is why Absolutely. I'm really glad that Ashley Graham, for example, a plus size model and Jamila Jamil, um, a wonderful actress, have just been so emboldened and apologetic about their bodies and have in turn shifted the tide in order to normalize these things that were deemed wrongfully flaws, you know? Um, what I What I didn't necessarily like about this article is that... Um, I don't think Vogue took responsibility for um, the actions that the fashion industry and the responsibility they have in us perceiving these quote-unquote flaws as something quote-unquote ugly, you know, which they aren't. Yeah. And, you know, I feel like, especially because British Vogue is an older publication, they should have sort of, look, we did this, but now we fully embrace this perspective on stretch marks which yeah. you know i think is a non-negotiable and you know what sort of feel i get about uh, get from this article like okay let me just say that first of all it is great that it is included and it's mm -hmm. fantastic that they are um giving this importance but it seems a bit how can i word it insincere <laughs> insincere or separate or not something that they truly believe in or not something that they truly immerse themselves into it mm -hmm. seems like just something you know put a stamp on it it's included done mm -hmm. yeah good to go like take the box mm -hmm. and I, I i'm not sure um is it is it the sincerity or wh what but i do feel like something's missing um, I completely agree. Do you, do you so understand where so, I'm coming absolutely, from? Absolutely, absolutely. So much so that the author of the article herself said, I've never had stretch marks. She says that on the article? Yeah, the, the first page. I will, I'll be the first one to admit I've never had stretch marks. Why are you writing on stretch marks then? Please tell me why. What? <laughs> I'm, I cannot believe that. Um, oh, she does go on to mention uh, people that have mm. been very vocal uh, in embracing this particular quote-unquote body flaw. Um, but like you said, the insincerity is evident from the first sentence. So yes. that was a great observation. And even if that were the case, I don't think that's something you should mention, especially when you're trying <laughs> to, you know, portray this um this message to us oh that's deeply disappointing indeed um that's all i can say and then if you turn the page to the immediate next page um i i there's nothing very special about this at all i just wanted to mention that these products or rather these perfumes that are being recommended here um they cost two thousand six hundred pounds one of them and the other costs four thousand pounds so this isn't scented luxury as it's entitled. This is scented extravagance. 
Um, <laughs> so I would really appreciate it that Vogue made the, a clear difference because, you know, you don't want to make your readers feel like they should have to buy perfumes like this. You definitely don't. And um, although they do go on to explore why the perfumes are so different, and I appreciate that for sure, because uh, we don't want another Louis Vuitton scent uh, disaster mm. like we had in the previous um, Vogue edition, uh, I do appreciate that they do go on to uh, educate the reader on the perfumery technique behind the perfume itself. I don't think this is the best thing to feature. But anyways, mm. that's just my opinion. Um, but in the immediate next page, we do have more perfumes, and I do like this selection over here, just because obviously they're more affordable, but also, and you know, they're within the normal prices for perfume, but also I think it's something that a lot of people like to gift each other at this time of the year, and so I think this made for almost like a little gift guide in terms of perfumes, so I really, really like that. I agree. I agree with you, yes. I just have to say that I'm still, like, baffled by what <laughs> you told me about the stretch marks um, article. Um, it, it just took me back. Um, yeah. And, I, and I'm disappointed. Um, why would you start the article with, um, well, I'm a person that don't have, chest, like, stretch marks. Um, yeah. You know, I think you lose the audience in that. But, okay, I'll try to move on from the I shock. I know, it's, it's something... <laughs> It's a big shock to get over. I completely agree with you. And for our listeners, I do encourage them to go and read this article because that is exactly how it starts. And it's like you said, it's quite baffling. And it, I think it truly like British Vogue is doing themselves a disservice in this way because they're tr it is so evident that mm. it is not something that they're like fully um, embracing exactly. whereas for Vogue Singapore they're clearly embracing the mm -hmm. Asian values or for Vogue um, Scandinavia the sustainability like it comes through in mm -hmm. everything that they do um, and even Vogue Scandinavia yeah. they had this wonderful spread of this woman that was famous on social media for just um, embracing her body and picturing it in its full um, you know uniqueness um, and you could tell that the way that was done was completely different to the way they're doing it yeah. here in British Vogue. The atmosphere here exactly. is reluctant or something like, like I said, ticking a box. Mm -hmm. It's done, let's move on sort of thing. Precisely that. Um, wow. And now just to finish the, the, the beauty section, we have uh, one last article that is okay. called Beauty Musings on page yes. 184. And it's paired next to what I think is a beautiful picture of a model yes. of color wearing a beautiful fiery red lipstick. I think this is beautiful in the sense that it's festive without being obvious, if that makes sense. Um, Absolutely. In terms of the Beauty Musings... Um, Hannah Coates, I with I I feel like her articles always have problems. You know, they always have pros and cons. Uh, I still haven't seen mm -hmm. an article from her that I've gone. This is good, you know. Um. So for example, I really like the feature she did on the YSL. Uh, make your own lipstick. It, it's a machine that allows you to customize your perfect uh, YSL lipstick shade, which I thought was really different. And I don't think for, the, I think the price, what you get is quite 
sensible if you're interested in spending money on that kind of thing. Uh, it's not by any means a must. But right next to it, we have this section called Gut Instinct that essentially encourages you to go on a program that costs £5,000 doing a detox with intermittent fasting. There is no scientific consensus when it comes to um, intermittent fasting. So the fact that Vogue is going, oh, we endorse this program that costs £5,000. It's just, I think it's just dangerous marketing, really. Um, I'm really disappointed by that. Um, the rest um, is fine. Um, they uh, showcase this concealer that I think is going to be um, quite revolutionary perhaps in the way that we apply our concealer because uh, this is a concealer you're meant to apply all over the face if you so wish to so underneath the eyes like we usually do but also to cover any other imperfections or to define your bone structure uh, that is personally how I use concealer I know a lot of makeup artists um, disagree with that technique just because concealer is meant to be thicker and uh, you can end up having a very cakey appearance uh, but that's not necessarily the case with most concealers nowadays. Most concealers nowadays are a bit lighter in texture, but definitely go for a right. very liquidy concealer, uh, like the NARS Radiant Creamy Concealer or the Maybelline uh, Eye Perfect or Age Defying uh, Concealer. That one's also very good. Um, and then we have uh, just uh, a ready-to-go section where it's all about skincare prep for makeup, uh, are these product must-haves? No. Are they interesting to learn about? Sure, why not? Uh, I mean, I like that there's a cheaper, uh, affordable product mentioned, which is the L'Oreal Midnight Serum, which apparently is a dupe for the Estee Lauder Advanced Night Repair, so that's interesting. But yeah, overall, I'd say this is pretty underwhelming. I'd maybe give this a 6 out of 10, if that, really. So, um, yeah. yeah. I hear you. Um, and thank you for sharing your thoughts. Um, that's very interesting. But yeah, um, do we have any other final thoughts for the magazine um, before we wrap up? Well, I just um, wanted to say that um, I really liked the Lady Gaga images um, yeah, that accompany course. her interview. And I yeah. wish one of these pictures had been chosen for the cover, namely the black and white one. I think it would have been so yeah. striking to have a black and white cover. Um, but yet, also, did you think that the cover just looked out of place compared to the images that that were accompanying the interview? I do think so, and I know that in some of the images she does wear the same designer, but I did feel that they didn't really go together, um, mm -hmm. so I, I see where you're coming from. Um, but the pictures were amazing, and they featured the, um, our very favorite image, which was also on the cover of Vogue Italy. Um, uh -huh. which was, um, I was happy to see. Um, and I thought that the article was well um, titled In For The Kill, um, referring to the House of Gucci movie, obviously. Yeah. I guess besides the, I guess besides Gaga's interview, I was very impressed with the Jean Genie's photo shoot, which starts from page 100 and, um, sorry, 201. I think the images mm -hmm. are just so beautiful and maybe not so um, winter-appropriate. They're quite summery right. or spring-like, but um, they were beautiful, and, and I enjoyed, enjoyed that one. Another great creation of pictures is It's a Trip, starting from page 222. Um, did you have a look? 
Yes, I did. Those images were sensational. I even love that they painted the models' faces. So yes. sometimes they look green, sometimes they look blue, that kind of thing. Absolutely. Um, I know that we are coming to the end and almost running out of time, but um, let's just quickly talk about the Heat is On article Absolutely. on page 259. Um, mm -hmm. If I start off, I'm really glad to see such a feature in British Vogue, mm -hmm. but it is disappointing that it's towards the end and it's like, is people even um, going to find it or read mm -hmm. it? Um, um, it could have been more in front and yeah. given real emphasis. That's right. It just seems like a, an afterward thought, you know, oh, the yeah. COP26 is coming to Glasgow. Let's go interview Nicola Sturgeon. And um, then it just ends up towards the end of the magazine, you know. But um, I did think that the interview was really interesting. I liked the title. I thought it was a clever pun since they're discussing climate change and um, a post-fossil fuel world, which is especially key for Scotland as they are very much reliant on fossil fuels. They have North Sea uh, oil fields. Um, and it's one of the things Nicola Sturgeon talks about that, she wants to see Scotland be weaned off its reliance on fossil fuel extraction. But that's easier said than done. And you can tell that she has a real conflict because, like many families in England, she was very much affected by Margaret Thatcher's policies, which, Absolutely. although I would argue necessary, they were definitely brutal. Uh, but that's the only real way we're going to see change if we're brutal when it comes to climate change. Um, Absolutely. Obviously, she discussed her domestic life, which I thought was um, quite interesting, just in the sense that her husband tends to be the more domestic one. And um, yeah. yeah, and she even, you know, mentioned that she had a miscarriage in 2011 um, and that maybe she's going to consider fostering children later on in life, which I thought was wonderful of her. Uh, but obviously she also discussed the possibility of a Scottish independence referendum because of Brexit. So I think we might be in for more commotion on that front when it comes to later years. Uh, let's just hope that it all works out for the best for everyone. Absolutely. And um, it was actually... Um, interesting to uh, for me because when I was reading this article I happened to be in Edinburgh and I had visited the House of Parliament where she oh, works wow. um, so it, it just added to um, the allure of the story but I, I equally enjoyed it and I liked the reference um, to Greta Thunberg our very first mm -hmm. cover star who's also taking part in the climate summit but yes um, I love this piece and I do think that British folk would have this platform to even shine more emphasis on politics i do mm -hmm. see that they tend to try and do it but it should have a greater emphasis absolutely for sure. i'd love to um, see it should more not be it. yeah it, it shouldn't just be something which is included towards the end it should have mm -hmm. a real emphasis maybe this could be british vogue's you know unique um theme for sure that's a great idea and how about now we give our rating for this magazine as a whole and I'm very sorry to say, but especially coming from the high of Vogue Singapore, mm -hmm. I am deeply disappointed with the with the this um issue of British Vogue. I agree with you. Um I would have to say that the rating would be three out of five or even two point five. What do you think? Yeah, I, I completely agree. I think 
2.53 stars is the perfect rating just because for a December issue it was quite underwhelming. The cover especially, I was very disappointed with it. The beauty section was equally underwhelming. And the only thing I really enjoyed about the magazine was the Lady Gaga spread. Um, and I don't think that warrants a higher rating than 3 based on um, based on that. I agree. Um, it is disappointing, but it just shows that there's a lot of areas for improvement and we have high hopes for British Vogue in the okay. future. Thank you so much for joining us on another episode on All Things Vogue. Are you a fellow Vogue fanatic? You're in luck. If you would like to be featured in our upcoming episodes, get in touch via Instagram. Send us a message with the header My Vogue Story for an opportunity to be featured. I'm Josefina and this is Vogue Digest.